Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be covering the Elite Dodgeball South Round 3 Open Division recap. And uh, joining me are Vaughn, Joseph, Eli, and Devin. Guys, per usual, thank you so much for hopping on. Why don't we just go ahead and start with the introductions? Uh, Starting with you, Vaughn. Vaughn Kelly, I play for Outsiders. It really should be no surprise at this point, but uh, just doing the, the housekeeping. How about you, uh, Joseph? Uh, Joseph Cancarini, play for Wrecking Balls. Awesome. And new to the panel, uh, Eli, how about you? Uh, Eli Marino, and I play for Lone Star Syndicate. Awesome. And last but not least, uh, Devin. Uh, Devin Parham, and I play for Ascension Dodgeball. Awesome. I've been a lot about Ascension, so I'm actually really happy to have uh, actually both you two, uh, Lone Star guys, to talk about uh, just giving us some of your perspective and, and kind of change it up a little bit. Um, before we dive into the actual uh, recap, though, kind of want to just get to know you a little bit more. We'll start with you, Eli. Um, how long have you been playing dodgeball just in general? Um, so I want to say the, the winter of 2017 – uh, I started playing dodgeball in Fort Worth with uh, Rec Social Sports. Um, so roughly two and a half years, maybe. Awesome. And then um, when did you start getting into elite dodgeball? Around the same time? Um, or? Yeah, well, I actually played in Boston for the first time, uh, elite nationals. And I played on Spitfire. I had I had never touched an 8.5 or a no sting ball, so everything was completely new to me. And then also going into a three day tournament was crazy. <laughs> That's a great way to start. Um, were you mostly like you said you never touched a no sting or 8.5, so we mostly foam then, or is that where you? Yeah, came from? I had I had only played with a foam ball before. Gotcha, and clearly you can now vouch for 8.5 being the superior ball. For sure. Excellent. Very cool. Um, and uh, how about you, Devin? Um, how long have you been playing dodgeball? Uh, I've been playing dodgeball for about seven years now, roughly, pushing eight. Okay. And how long, or when did you start getting involved in elite tournaments? Uh, this is my first season playing elite. Awesome. And you're one of those, uh, forgive me for saying, one of those teams that came from UDC, is that correct? Uh, yes, yes, sir. Awesome. And what, what team was that originally? Uh, I originally played with uh, Toon Squad. Toon Squad, okay. And uh, so I, the name Patrick uh, O'Connell comes up. O'Donnell. Did you play with him? Yes. Uh, no, actually, Patrick uh, was actually one of the guys I played against to qualify to go to the national tournament. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, we, we tried to get Patrick on. Um, I think work... Or he had some kind of conflict, but uh, I definitely want to get more involved with. Uh, no offense to the outsiders, but I kind of want to branch out beyond you guys and, and start getting more more names and and backgrounds and, and whatnot onto this podcast. But um, it, it's really cool knowing that um, UGC has, even though it kind of it no longer exists, that we're still we're still seeing players and, and teams uh, show up. So. Um, probably table a lot of the other get to know you guys more for another time. So let's go back to the actual recap, and um, we'll start with you, Vaughn. Uh, what would you say your biggest takeaways were for, for this round, for round three? Um, one of my biggest takeaways is actually going to sound probably like kind of a negative, but I was thinking about it and talking to some you know, other people in the South, and as much as the teams overall have improved in the South, it seems like um, a lot of teams have plateaued. I don't know if anyone else kind of has that... Um, same thinking. I know a, a couple of people that I talked to have kind of agreed, but you guys can chime in with what y'all think. But I think some of these teams going into nationals are going to have to uh, you know, put in a little bit more practice if they want to get a good showing. Some of them, um, yeah, I mean, for as much as they've improved, nationals is a whole other beast. And I think um, going with some of the, the better teams in the country, um, they're going to be a little bit... Uh, little bit shocked so i think as long as they can get good practice in between now and nationals they might be okay but it's just going to take some getting over that hump um playing the same teams in the south kind of repeatedly gives you um kind of a baseline but once you get outside of the south you're going to need to get a little bit more practice yeah but overall it was a good tournament um you know people showed up 
People played well. It was just, uh, as we're thinking forward now, going into Nationals, I think there's a little bit of a plateau that the South as a whole has to get over. Gotcha. That's interesting, and um, definitely want to hear uh, your guys' input on that. But uh, is this is this speaking kind of just from your experience with the fact that you had Nationals last year where you were part of, and then also when you guys went to um, to round two? Or is that just like a general observation from your end, Vaughn? Yeah, I mean, from our experience as a team going to our first Nationals and not doing very well um, in 8.5 particularly, and then going last year and having a much better a much better year, we saw kind of how much work it took to get over that hump and um, compete with some of these bigger teams. And I think not everyone has realized that yet. Um, and then going to round two and seeing the talent that the West has put together, there's always been a lot of talent in the West. And now with some of these other teams like, uh, like Heat and Crisis and, and stuff like that, there's, you know, it's just getting better and better and teams are going to have to work harder and harder to, to compete at the national level. I mean, as it should be, right? It shouldn't just be like um, an, an easy thing for anybody. Um, the idea is to continue to evolve and get better, and actually go go past your your region and um, broaden your horizons, for for lack of better words. But um, how about you, Joseph? Would you uh, echo Vaughn's takeaway, or what would you say uh, were yours? It's definitely um, going from outsiders to the rest of the South. There's definitely a pretty big difference in gameplay tactics uh, just everything they do um, there's almost not any wasted effort in anything um, I know for me personally and like my team and what we've been trying to accomplish and do there's definitely um, a lack of practice a lack of practice as a whole team things like that when we have opportunities uh, just due to whatever reason they give me not to show up um, but no, they, um, you know, we did middle of the ring, the, the, the run last year nationals. So they definitely know what they're getting themselves into, but as everything does, it always gets better. Uh, so I expect all the teams to be better than they were last year. Um, maybe some probably plateaued out. There's going to be some new teams. Uh, so definitely if they want to do any better than we did last year, then we're all going to have to step up our game. So, uh, other than that, the tournament was actually I felt like it ran pretty smooth or we seemed, I felt like we were ahead of schedule a couple times and right on time and, uh, don't recall anything that was, you know, openly bad or negative about it. Uh, it was a nice setup, nice, uh, uh, venue compared to last year's, um, New Year's, New Orleans venue, which was kind of a, it was like a, it was a really nice, school setup versus the one from last year, which was like a little bit more of a, a public school kind of run down a little bit. Gotcha. So other than that, it was a really good setup, a good tournament. So pretty much like a good continuation of round two. Like this just seems like the natural progression in terms of like logistics, team competition. This mm-hmm. is what we would expect from the third round of a 2019 elite dodgeball uh, event. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of talk, you know, people were like, you know, Hey, if I do this, I do that, you know, we can still have a chance to jump in here. Um, I know judgment was really looking to perform better than they did. And, um, you know, to try to squeeze in that, like that, I think they had an opportunity to squeeze in that fourth spot. And, um, there, there was still a lot of good competition. Um, not going to say, I mean, we felt like, uh, got swept a little bit, but I think everybody kind of had that feeling in the back of their head. So, yeah, there's definitely um, one of them. It was like Doom situations. Where like, all right, Doom keeps winning. What are we gonna do to beat them? I would almost say that it kind of looks like the case with outsiders. Um, not to put you on the spot there, Vaughn, but I mean, it's when I saw that you guys won, wasn't really surprised. But then I'm also kind of excited to see like Ascension and Wrecking Balls on your heels, um, and just trying to see like what, what's the layout gonna look like uh, next year. But um, how about you, Eli? What, what would you say your, your biggest takeaways, takeaways were for, for this round? And since we really haven't talked to you like this this whole season in general, like what would you uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm pretty much gonna uh, agree with what has already been said. Um, for me personally, though, like I haven't 
really actually gone to practice suffering from an injury my on my throwing hand. So, I mean, I can't say anything other or about any of the other players, but um, definitely going to practice is one of the biggest things. Um, and going as a team makes it that much more of a difference uh, when you go to a tournament. So um, I'd say as far as like going from, um, how do I say it? Like round two to round three, um, the, the style of play was a little bit more intense because now you're actually, you know, in the, in the window of putting yourself in the top four seeds. So the competition was a lot better in my opinion. So, um, other than that, I think that's, that's really all I have to say about that. Gotcha. Are we going to, I don't know if I'm speaking too soon, but will we see you guys in nationals? Uh, yes. Gotcha. Um, Real quick, so earlier you said that your first uh, elite was the, the Nationals in 2016. Um, kind of a weird question, but what, what made you want to come back? Like, what made you decide that elite was something you wanted to continue doing up until the point where we're talking about it, you know, three years later? Well, I mean, I'm, I've played sports my whole life, so finding something that I enjoyed in a competitive um, environment and playing at the Nationals in Boston was just something that captured my mind, and I enjoyed it. It was like I played a life-size, or like a, um, how do I say it, like a, I enjoyed playing in an environment where it was like chess. It was the most strategic game I had played, mm. and that was just like... It, it clicked. So after that, I was just hooked after that, and I would go to practice. I would do everything I could to, you know, try and get better and have fun. So that was the biggest thing for me coming back to Elite. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, – I've been saying this for, for several episodes already, uh, just watching – the teams that I already know, I expect to see at Elite, but then seeing new teams come in and, and start altering, you know, moving from, I guess, middle of the pack to, to top 10, top 5, um, I, I don't feel like it's just going to be entirely West dominated. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, teams and players such as yourself coming in, getting exposed to Elite, and just wanting it to the point where you'll actually go home and practice and, and, um, step up your game for lack of better words and, and just continue to, to, to show up. Um, I have, I have two questions for you, Devin, but the first one I did want to ask was just what were your, what were your takeaways from, from round three? Um, I'm going to cut also piggyback on uh Vaughn right there. And I'm also going to agree with him and say that I think the, uh, the South is kind of plateaued as far as competition. Um, all three rounds, you know, same top four players or same top four teams. You know, nothing's really shaken up except maybe seeding every now and then. But um, another takeaway I would say is uh, adversity and through injuries and stuff. And, you know, round two, my I wasn't there and Trey was not there due to a knee injury, which he re-injured again in round three. And I just think we have to be better prepared moving forward as to – with nationals as of having subs because I didn't realize how important subs were this being my first elite season. Um, I'm used to only playing dodgeball at UDC, you know, for a couple hours and then I go home and ice my arm, but round one, round three, you play what I would say like 10, 12 hours a day in one day and you just come home and you, your body's all kinds of beat up. So I don't know what to expect for nationals, but I know it's multiple days and one, are multiple days in a row so that's just something i think my team and i need to be more prepared about yeah there's there's definitely uh you got a condition uh th these are these are marathon days um just just the regional rounds so when you go to, to nationals if you're if you're playing open co-ed and now they're throwing in uh pinch no sting i mean your your body's just gonna get wrecked and um 
that's one of the things I want to ask you, uh, just taking from your experience with UDC and, and looking at elite, um, does the competition kind of stay the same? I mean, you're, you can, you kind of talked about like how I think like the toll it takes on you physically is a little bit more, but, uh, what other differences have you noticed between the two? Um, between the two, you know, um, I've seen, I've seen those big arms with, uh, Ketchum and March banks and everybody from the West coast. And my team got third in 2016 in Chicago or not 2016, 2017. And, um, I know that we can hang with them, but now we're stepping out of our comfort zone and we're on court where you can't be as mobile and versatile. You have to be more strategic in your gameplay. And I think that's something that, you know, with half of my team leaving UDC and joining elite, that's something that we've had to learn as far as, you know, playing against the outsiders that, you know, I can't just jump up in the air and expect to land on the trampoline soft in my back. Like I have to be small. There's a actual wall. So if I throw a counter throw and miss and that ball bounces off the back wall and comes back, now we lost ball control and then it's just, just falls apart. So, I think we'll be all right, but like everyone else said, practice is very important, and that's something that uh, that's just something we have to work forward. Gotcha. Yeah. So just to jump in again on the practicing, um, one thing I've noticed, and this happens kind of on the guys' side and on the girls' side, we've had a lot of players come in from different regions to play, um, kind of on a regular basis, which is great. You know, it's great to see other people and see new faces and, and let people know what we're about. But at the same time, that makes it really hard once you come to nationals, because if you lean too heavily on those people to play a, a key role on your team, um, come nationals, they're going to be playing with their main team. So you kind of lose out on that. And then um, on the practice front, it's great to kind of practice individually and show up, but the whole another thing to practice kind of as a team to get your team strategy down to, to know your individual better as, as their roles and, what they're capable of doing within the team setting. So picking up people from out of region um, is great for the rounds, but it, I think it's actually ends up being a detriment if you plan on picking the international down uh, possibly a key member and you have to re-strategize and, and rework what you've been, you know, presumably working on throughout the season. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that was, uh, that was definitely one of our concerns. Um, on the headhunters aspect, when we picked up Billy uh, to replace me for round one, I was like, first of all, that's not an equal replacement at all. Billy is a monster. Um, and with him, he brings all kinds of uh, different weapons to the table. So you, you play, you do well with him, but then what happens when he's not there? Um, and we kind of talked about this too with the women's uh, recap that we just covered, where I think um, it was chaos that had Elena Meeks, and she is by far definitely an impact player. And then you also had uh, some of the other individuals like Alicia playing for another team. And it's, it's also kind of what we were saying too, it's not so much just a, a talent difference, but it's also just getting that, that cohesion together. Um, the teams that I think are going to start pulling forward and get past this barrier are the teams that stay together and practice. But it's just that, that consistency and ability to develop that team cohesion that's really going to make the difference. So I think... Um, that might be like you said, I, I kind of agree. I, I think it's as fun as it is, as awesome as it is to be able to play with different people, sometimes it can be a detriment to the core group. So just one of those things like curious to see how it how it turns out um in the long run. Um one question I wanted to ask, because I I'm trying to look at or trying to recall who else was generally um I want to say like in the hunt for top three, but I, and I meant to ask this last time, the the outlaws, that team, has that what happened to them? Uh, to be honest, I really don't know what happened to them internally. I know Matt Tazar um, had moved away from the Dallas area. I think he moved to um, West Texas or something. I don't remember. But I know he moved away. Um, I'm not really sure what happened with Jonathan Harper. Um, so I think maybe they just had kind of, you know, a whole bunch of things happen at once where they weren't able to field it a whole team. So some of them went to um, Lone Star. Anthony obviously went to Wrecking Balls. Um, as far as I know, there was no, you know, big event that caused the collapse. I think it was just kind of a lot of things that happened at once and they just decided to call it a day. 
Gotcha. Just kind of went their separate ways. Other teams absorbed them, and that's why we're kind of seeing, um, in my opinion, Ascension and Wrecking Balls. Um, like, I guess I would. I'm I'm looking at the top four right now, and I don't see Outlaws, which was I guess is what I would have looked for had they been there. Instead, I'm seeing two teams that maybe comprise of them. Was there any uh, matches, Devin, that you can recall that you wanted to talk about from the uh, from the bracket play? Like, I think it'd be cool to talk about Wrecking Balls and Ascension uh, and then Outsiders. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick the Outsiders one, you know? So finally, it's like the finally we got them kind of match. Um, it was the last round robin game. Um, you know, we didn't get to play them round two. And I just had like an itch. Like as a team, we've had an itch to finally beat them. And I just think uh, mindset-wise, we came in and I think we're just ready for them. And we just had a certain intensity that we just brought to that game and we executed everything that we really wanted to do against them. And obviously it didn't work out in our favor in the championship. Um, they made some adjustments and really just torched us. But um, of course, it was just a relief like a side like relief when we finally beat them because I know they don't lose often. And uh, it was just a really good sign as a team to move forward that we know that they are beatable and that they are humans just like we are. So Nice. You, you remind me of that, uh, the whole point in 300 when um, they make uh, Xerxes bleed, like how oh, they bleed, like they're, they're human. Yes. So, and, and Eli, uh, Joseph, you guys are more welcome to chime in on this. Um, I'm actually glad you brought that up because that's really cool because we're talking about, you know, teams that have kind of plateaued or they kind of stayed and where they're at. But when you beat them in round robin, what did you guys do differently that match? If you can remember, um, like, obviously, I want to say from the get from the get go, your, your point is to be outsiders. You want you want to win. But uh, did you guys change anything up in your strategy or how did that help? I would say yes. Uh, you know, I don't really want to share what we picked up on them. Okay. Uh, you know, we watch their film. I'm sure they watch ours, but. Uh, there was a certain kind of strategy that we came in with ahead of time that we just kind of keyed in and executed. And like I said, when we played them again in the championship, they made some adjustments and they executed all their throws and just really, you know, outpowered us. We we didn't come in with that same intensity. Uh, I felt like we played scared. You know, they set the tempo from the get-go and that's why they're, you know, number one in the South. And it really, they really, they proved it to us. So, but moving forward, you know, we know that we can beat them. We just have to make some adjustments moving forward, hopefully for next year's round region. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's uh, no offense, Vaughn, but that's the kind of stuff I, I like to hear is like, okay, we, we, we've proven that they're beatable. Now we just got to continue to do it. So, um, Vaughn, going from your loss to Ascension in the round robin uh, portion, were you nervous at all going into bracket play or what did you guys do to kind of change it up? Uh, no, they, you know, they beat us pretty soundly in round robin. They beat us 2-0. Um, and one thing I noticed about them throughout the day was they were playing much more aggressively than they had in the past. They were really holding the line. They were really putting the pressure on. And there's not a lot of teams in the South that can match that pressure. And I think it maybe caught us a little bit off guard. And it was our last match in, in round robin, so I don't know if that, you know, had anything to do with it. I don't feel like we were gassed. I feel like we were, we were still pretty good. But I think we didn't expect the amount of pressure that they put on us. And uh, whenever we get into bracket play, we kind of have an ability to, to turn it on to another level, whether that's consciously or not. Um, one thing about them is even, you know, in every finals round, whether it's, you know, 4-0 or 4-1, there's always a, a couple games in there where we get down and, you know, 3-1 to one or down 4 men to 1 or whatever. And um, I think it's... We end up coming back, and I think it's um, just something that they'll kind of continue to get, continue to figure out kind of how to close out those games. But I think we just were ready for the pressure in the finals, and we you know, adjusted to it well, and we were able to apply our own pressure, which is something that we've learned how to do um, pretty well over the years. Yeah, and I imagine that's, that comes with uh, the practice of constantly, I mean, being number one since last year. Um, everybody's going to be gunning for you so a team that can maintain their composure and uh not get um like get frazzled i guess or not not fall into a, a downward spiral um is one of the many elements that make a, a championship team 
Um, not to put you guys on the spot, um, Eli or Joseph, but also just because you've kind of been quiet for a while, Joseph, did when you see a team like Ascension beat um, Outsiders, does that impact your play at all? Does that give you guys, like, I don't want to say hope, but um, like, do you guys feel like you're, you're, you're maybe next in, in beating them? No, I mean, round one, we got a, we got a, a match off of Outsiders. So, I mean, I know they're beatable. It's just, you know, you got to do it. I mean, round one, we where our team was doing really good on catches, which um, that's a, you know, outsiders can catch, they can throw, but they're very aggressive. They're one of the teams that are always in your face. The pressure is always up. Some of the, some of the things I've been trying to implement with our team, they're already doing, and they already know how to do it very well. So it's, it's always, um, you know, like when a team decides to, you know, they got burden ball and they're going to sit back. I don't understand why the other side will always give them time to sit back. I would much rather put pressure up. Um, granted, I'm not someone that's that physically able-bodied like some of these other guys are um, that were – if I go up front, I'm probably going to get hit. I'm a large body and I don't move that great. Uh, some of these other guys are – you know, um, Eli is like agile and, you know, if he turns sideways, there's like nothing to hit. So it's, <laughs> um, and then even then he, they're, they're all like, they're going to take a hit. They're going to catch the ball. So a uh, very aggressive team. Ascension is a very aggressive team. Lone star is very um, tactical, especially for a team that isn't practicing all the time or even in the same state up at the same time. So they're, very, it's a lot of very good dodgeball players on one team. And if they can ever get dialed in, it's going to be really impressive. Um, so just seeing Ascension beat Outsiders, if, if anything, it can be aggravating just because we may have gone. I don't remember what our one. It was either the Nosting game, or one of the other games, uh, the eight point five game. We went against Ascension, and it was more even. I felt I don't, I don't remember the whole thing with that, but it was just like now you see him get. You know, they play outsiders and they beat them on the 8.5, and then we come back over here and you're just like, man, like, what the f happened? <laughs> so, um, as far as hope or anything like that, I, nothing like that. I mean, I, I know they can be beat. Uh, it's just they're on, they're always on. So, gotcha. And uh, kind of the same question to you, Eli. Um, do you have any thoughts at all, like, when you, when you see Ascension beat? Uh, Outsiders, does it impact you at all? Or are you guys kind of just doing your own thing? And, and like, what, what's your strategy for that? And how does it impact you guys? Um, I was I was encouraged um, by that. And, you know, I, I always hold Outsiders like they're the top team in the South. So when Ascension took them, I was like, that's, like, amazing um, that Ascension was able to, you know, find out a good – game strategy and then follow through with it and then beat them. So um, any team, any team can be beat. Um, it's just a matter of how you do it. So game strategy, making sure that you're on point as far as catches, throws, accuracy, everything, everything comes to effect of, you know, making sure that you can beat your opponent. So, I mean, that's really all it takes. Gotcha. Yeah, I wonder. Um, and it, it's probably sound like you don't have like any allegiance to anybody, but it, on the one hand, it is kind of neat seeing outsiders do so well, especially when they come out to the West and take the first seed in round two, such as they did. But it's also good to see variety. So um, looking at like the East, um, I felt like that could have been Anarchy's year, but then Team Awesome said, no, it's ours. Um, and just seeing that maybe next year we could be looking at a completely different um, top three, uh, especially going to nationals. So with um, just from my perspective, just seeing um, how close you guys are, uh, I'm really curious to see how it's going to play out come round one and, and round two. So uh, so as you guys probably have noticed by now, Sergio obviously couldn't make um, this, this discussion, but he did leave quite, quite a bit of notes for us. Um, one of the things he told me almost immediately, I think, like the evening of, what the evening of was, uh, Mark read the rules. So, um, Eli, can you kind of tell me about that one, or what, what's he talking about? Yeah. So, um, 
At the end of uh, one of the matches against Vendetta during round robin, um, I don't remember who exactly was on the court. I believe it was Mark and Curtis. And there was um, two players, Jeff, and I want to say it was Jordan Whitworth, uh, who was an add-on from uh, Juggernaut. So Vendetta picked up Jordan. Um, So anyway... Mark decides that since we have burden, he's just going to go ahead and uh, suicide. And he makes the, he does the jump, throws, hits Jeff Cornish, gets the out, but he immediately runs back onto his side, onto our side of the court, you know, thinking nothing of it. And uh, Vendetta's like, hey, you can't do that. And Mark shouts out, read the rules. Like as if, you know, something (laughs) is wrong. Uh, Like they're, they're wrong in their aspect. Like, yeah, I can do this. And uh, the refs are just like, you know, not calling him out or anything. And then he just like comes to and he's like, oh, wait, I just did a suicide. I'm out. So he, you know, laughs it off and walks off. Well, actually later on, we were talking about it. Um, and his comment wasn't about the, the suicide. It was actually about the fact that you can flight kill, which was a uh, question that Vendetta had during round two. So he was under the impression that, that, um, that you, uh, or the Vendetta was under the impression that you can't uh, do a suicide. And he had to, you know, relay to them hey yes you can but once you do whether you hit them or not you're you're automatically out so that's what that was about nice yeah i remember those like one of the first i think like big rule changes of this year was just re uh i guess restructuring the flight kill and how that works so it's uh i mean it just sucks like when you're when you're mark yeah i guess everything you do is just going to be uh scrutinized so it's kind of funny at the same time also, speaking of funny, so Sergio said he had his own rally shot, which um, this kid Riley, Michael Riley from uh, um, shoot, Notorious, I guess he uh, was playing pinch last year in Nationals. Pretty much just got hit in the nuts twice. Um, and I guess you were, you were part of that one. So can you kind of walk me through what happened to him uh, with Mark? Um, yeah, so we're playing wrecking balls and we're doing the opening rush and I want to say Mark was rushing with me or no, it was, it might've been Corey, but uh, either way, wrecking balls had burden. And uh, I think there was a lot of like interchanges um, throws going out of the wazoo and Mark gets hit. And uh, you know, he, he, he goes out. Well, you know, he's holding himself and uh, I don't necessarily see all this. This is just from, uh, what I was told. So, um, he, he goes out and he's just like holding his hand in his groin area. And, uh, you know, I catch I catch a ball, which brings him back in. And he's just in so much pain that he just like crawls in and he's behind me. So I'm completely unaware of the fact that he got nailed in the nuts. And, uh, on, on a side note though, like Jen and D Deanna, they're they're playing with us and jen is questioning like did he break his finger and he was like no he got hit in the nuts jen come on and uh <laughs> he's just out and i mean the game ended but he was still laying on the ground and cody went over there to pick him up that's funny um i got tagged in some kind of thread because i guess um Val, she was questioning if if his shot there was worse than when I gave him several years ago. Um, to which I will very proudly say, I guess I I still have the title. Not that I'm trying to make this a competition by any means, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry to admit, Mark, but it's pretty funny when when uh, I'm being compared to you as the best for now. Um, I guess I got to be known for something. So um, if you're listening, man, it's because you hit me in the face, point blank. So that to be fair, but. Um, Moving on to one of the other um, teams that we were kind of talking about with Outer Region, um, Sergio did mention uh, the fact that um, I think 
Adam Demir was not here for round three. Actually, I know he wasn't because I think he even talked to me about it. But um, did that have any kind of impact on Judgment Vaughn from what you saw? Yeah, I think it definitely did. If you look at round two, I think they were um, towards the top. I don't remember exactly where they placed, but they had their best showing uh, by far in round two. And then with Adam Demir being out and going back to uh, the East, they had their round three the same day as us. Um, there was a noticeable difference in their offense. He's um, one of their biggest, if not the biggest, offensive weapon that they had on that team. And so having him out left a really big hole, and, and it was it was very noticeable. Gotcha. So, so Sergio says... Um, I'm just kind of paraphrasing what he wrote, but he said they ultimately they performed really well throughout the day with the synergy of a well-oiled machine. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like it really altered the team chemistry so much as maybe just their strategy. So you take away a weapon like Adam, maybe they're a little bit more on the defensive side versus offensive. Like, is that what you might be uh, uh, inferring, Vaughn? Yeah, I think they have their strategy down. Um you know, with or without Adam, I think that they pretty much used the same game plan and they were able to execute well. It's just when you're missing um, such a big offensive, um, you know, force that you kind of carry with your team, it, it's going to alter that a little bit. Um, you know, you can carry out the same strategy, but if you don't have the same tools at your disposal, then then it's going to be a little different. But I think, you know, they played well as a team together. They have that aspect of it down. It's just... Um, a matter of having all the pieces there. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, a, a big, like I was saying with Billy, um, a big loss like that is going to alter the team regardless of how well in sync you guys are. So Sergio also mentioned um, something about the Wrecking Balls. He said they really came out of the gate swinging um, and displayed a lot of inventive play. I'm not really sure what he means by there, but um, I was looking at the, the seating from the last two rounds, and it looks like you were seated uh, fourth each time. And um, I think you guys seated fourth again, but this time you, you guys took third. So what uh, would you guys do differently, or how, how did you guys? How would you explain inventive play? Did we see fourth round two? I thought we seen third. I don't know. I have to go back and look. Um, I didn't play a whole lot. I had we had some technical issues that needed to be handled. Um, uh, internally with the team, I, I didn't play a whole lot in the 8.5. I played a couple rounds, and um, as far as that, we just um, Sam Fobbs really came out for us this round. I think this is probably one of his best rounds he's ever had, as far as just everything he could do. Uh, Justin still doing Justin, Raziel doing Raziel. Matt was a little quieter this round, but a little bit more controllable. Um, my brother, uh, Anthony, everybody, we just stuck to our same game plan. I mean, we, we may not practice with outsiders on the same practice day, or there might only be one or two of us to show up, but the rest of the team does practice on a different day of the week. Um, we have our own you know, makeshift practice that we do with whoever shows up. We do drills, different things like that. But as far as the game plan for the game, they just this is probably one of our better games where everybody was communicating, talking. I mean, we still... We still had some mistakes we made and a couple different things and um, that happened that didn't go our way, but uh, everybody was really on point. But I think um, if I had to call anybody out on my team for this past round, I would have to say it was Sam Fobbs. Gotcha. So was he just, um, as you said earlier, he was just kind of on that day? Like that was just a good day for him and that reflected on you guys' team? Uh, just he's been he's been playing with me and my brother for a long time. He's one of like the founding, I guess, wrecking balls, if you could say. Um, but I think this round, just between his um, throwing and ability to dodge and get out of the way and uh, just move, just move all around. I'm just keeping our life of the team kind of going. It's kind of like the spirit almost. Uh, just everybody was being motivated off anything he could do. Uh, when you have someone like Justin who can literally hold his own down against, you know, two, three, four, five people and try to save a game. Um, and then you got Sam who can do the same thing now. So now we got two guys in there that are able to kind of do the same thing and, and work with each other and talk with each other. It kind of, it's just something special. You know, we, before we were kind of, a two-gun team with just Raziel and Sam, or Raziel and Justin. Now we've got Sam in there, and Anthony's stepping into the role as well with our team. It's a different strategy from when he was with Outlaws to where he is with us. 
Um, and then the rest of us are getting to where we need to be as well. So it's as far as any kind of game strategies or anything, it's just our same thing. <laughs> I don't, we don't really have any plays or anything we do in particular. We know who to look for. What's I mean, like Vaughn and everybody else said in here, uh, when you kind of play the same people over and over again, it does. Uh, you kind of know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, you kind of know what to deal with. So, um, that being said, you know, you just have to make sure whatever you are doing, you do it right. So, yeah, and that comes with consist- uh, consistency. I, I always butcher mm-hmm. that word, but I always I, I mean it when I say it. Like, just been playing for for so many <laughs> years. The teams that stay together the longest, iron they iron out all those kinks. They understand what each other's capable of. Yeah. They understand the nuances of the game. And it's only when you do that and you continuously practice and even do crazy stuff like review film, it's only it's only a matter of time before you, you break through and you're taking top three. So, um, What's that? Yeah. No, I was going to say, because, uh, I mean, if, if there was something we've always wanted to do. Like, my team likes to be kind of um, flashy in some plays, things like that. So one of the things we, we've been working on for a while is, I don't know if you got to see it, it was, it was against Lone Star, one of the 8.5 matches. They did 2-0 us. So I'm not going to take any credit for the fact that we didn't capitalize on it, but off opening rush, Sam does a flight kill, nails Cody and George. So it's things like that that he's able to execute um, and get across the court and things uh, that just make things happen. Nice. So I'm um, going to pick out one more, um, I won't say gem, but one more little takeaway from, from Serge's notes. And since you're here with Eli, um, I guess you're known as the kid. Is that, is that a thing? Um, I'm not really known as the kid. I, <laughs> I actually had that put on my, uh, Jersey for the Southern revolver Jersey. Um, just as like a, a joke, like Billy, the kid uh, or just, just, yeah, kind of like Billy, the kid. Okay. Yeah. He was saying that, uh, you're pretty quick on the rush and, um, not to snooze on you cause we'll, we'll see some catches coming from your end. Um, I don't know if you want to capitalize on that or, or talk on that or, um, just kind of leave that as it is, but I was really curious about what he meant by, by the kids. So, cause as I've talked uh, about, what, what's that? Yeah. I really don't have anything to say about it. I mean, I'm, I made some catches, but <laughs> so I was yes. just playing. Please talk about how good you are. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was one of those, uh, it just caught my eyes as I was looking through, through these notes here. Still known you as the guy that shares really awesome memes, so I guess I can actually thank you for that in person, by the way, which is awesome. Uh, no, no disrespect to anybody at all, but I'm looking at these brackets, and there really isn't, um, obviously with the exception of the Ascension and Outsiders match, um, that I really want to get into, mostly just for the sake of time, but I do want to give you guys an opportunity to kind of just um, make any shout-outs or, or comments, um, just overall, just, just looking back at round three, and uh, we can start with you, Vaughn. Is there anything that you... Um, wanted to kind of just bring up before we move on uh yeah so the most exciting match that i saw um in bracket play was actually vendetta and revolver it was kind of that first round playing game uh to play us so i was watching it to see see who came out on top they're in 8.5 they're both you know fairly evenly matched i think vendetta probably has um a little bit more strength on the offensive side um but they're both you know, they're both right there with each other. And it was it was back and forth. You know, it, it ended four to three. And I wanna say I wanna say Revolver had to take two in a row to get it three to three, but I could be wrong. But it was it was really exciting. All the games were close, you know, they came down to you know, one on one or you know, very few guys there towards the end and and no one was really sure who was gonna win and it ended up swinging swing Vendetta's way. Um but it was really exciting. It was really tight, and it was it was fun to watch. Gotcha. Did uh, I mean, kind of putting you on a spot? But did you have any preference as to who would, who you guys would play against? Uh, as far Watching as playing two? against, no. Um, I was probably pulling a little bit more for Revolver, um, just because I'm a little bit more familiar with them, and I thought, um it'd be nice to see them win in advance. Um, but as far as, you know, a preference to play against, I didn't really have one, but if I had to pick a side, I would probably say revolver revolver. Nice. And then moving on to, uh, to Eli, any, uh, any teams, players, plays, matches you wanted to shout out? 
Actually, yes. Uh, the Wrecking Balls versus Cat Five um, match that they had, I was I was line refing, and uh, it was back and forth the whole way. So Cat Five would take one, then Wrecking Balls would take one. Um, Macula catches, but Cat Five also had um, Fern from Voodoo. He hadn't played all season, and they picked him up, um, which was a big deal. Um, and it was, I mean, ultimately Wrecking Balls won, um, but that was a that was a that was a good match nice. that I that I witnessed there. So, so since we're talking about Wrecking Balls, Joseph, was there any? Um, do you remember that match at all, or were you guys like ever worried for a moment that you weren't going to make it further playing against uh, Category Five? Um, not from the impression they were giving me. I mean, there was. You know, we had uh, some really close plays in there. There was they they got on us pretty quick, but they we've kind of had this thing with Cat Five because it's for last season, and um, you know, me and Clay are friends, and um, it, it's just always been kind of. I think Stewart kind of gets under their skin a little bit because he, you know, Stewart likes to run his mouth. Hmm. Um, uh, them having Fern, um, him not being able to play for a while, I don't feel he was. He's definitely still a threat, but I don't think he was much of a threat as he was the previous season. Um, so, no, nah, it, it was it actually was probably one of the, the funner matches getting to watch when you go back to it. Um, we we played him earlier in a round robin too, and we kind of got on top of him there too. It was uh, those were also close games in the mat in the round robin portion as well. I mean, it's not as long, but they were still pretty close. But uh, definitely good, exciting. Um, as far as any kind of other shout outs for any other teams or anything like that, I'm really just impressed with um, Eli really. Just, uh, he's really exciting to watch play. Uh, there are a couple games there where he was just on fire. So I'll give him a shout out. Um, I also like to give Lone Star a shout out. Cause like I said before, they don't practice together. They're all in different areas, different time zones, And uh, um, for them to be able to come out and perform as well as they are performing, um, that's actually a testament to every one of them and the potential that team has. Nice. So definitely want to give them a shout out. I mean, I definitely can't take anything away from outsiders either or Ascension. They're, they're all great teams. And um, uh, I will say one more thing for just Vendetta, just because I think they had a really good showing compared to the some of the other rounds. They had a couple of other guys that came in, but they actually did pretty well against a lot of the teams. They were really surprising in, in, a, in a really good way. It was They did pretty well. Nice. Yeah, I definitely want to see that improvement. Um, looks like they seeded 10th in round two, and then 11, yeah, last 11th on in excuse me March uh, 30th round one, and then to uh, to continue to I guess improve to uh, I think like seventh seed for uh, for round three. Hopefully that you know that, that continues into next year. Or so. I know we kind of talked about we opened up with like this this discussion of like teams plateauing, but um, I really hope that that's not the case. I hope uh, whether it's a matter of practicing consistency or even going so crazy as to watch film, um, we we get to see some more of these teams um, transition from I, I guess towards the end to middle of the pack to even um, top top four. So um, real quick, speaking of Lone Star, because I I kind of. I think I brought this up last uh, last discussion, and since you're here, Eli, Lone Star and Syndicate. Like I think I even heard Devin say Syndicate, but he was referring to you guys. Um, is, is the confusion between those two names like a thing? Is that like is it just me not understanding what uh, what, the, what the difference here is, or where, where does that come from? Honestly, I I don't know where the name comes from. Um, I've always known it as Lone Star. Um, and it, it, it's been Lone Star Syndicate from the get-go. Um, when we huddle, it's Lone Star. So it's just that that's, that's the full name is Lone Star Syndicate. So Okay. Okay, I can, I can finally put that to rest. I, I think it also, like, um, I think Christy was saying something about like how Cody had this plan where it was like a syndicated group of leagues within Texas. That might be where mm-hmm. Syndicate came from, but... Now that I now that I hit it's Lone Star Syndicate, that okay mystery solved. That's that's one more solve for me. That's awesome. Uh, I can sleep now. Um, well, going going into nationals as we kind of wrap this uh, discussion up, um, we can go around the table again. Um, we'll start with Yvonne. Is there any team 
against any region that you're looking forward to to facing off against the nationals whether it's round robin or even through uh through bracket play rainbows rainbows sure yeah so we played rainbows in new orleans when we were still really bad at 8.5 and uh i don't i don't remember how it got brought up but it got brought up in the dodgeball family thread about how um you know, they pretty much wiped the floor with us, and it was it became kind of an ongoing thing, um, you know, about the South and how, you know, the best team in the South couldn't ever hang with the West, and Sean got involved, and Allen got involved, and it just kind of evolved into this sort of more of an online rivalry because we haven't played them at all since then. Even when we went to West, West Round 2, we were in a different pool didn't play them in bracket so we haven't played them since nationals at new orleans and now that we're kind of viewed as one of the better teams in the country we really like to see to play them and, and see how that goes so oh, just awesome. to kind of settle a lot you know at west round two sean anderson actually had some really kind words for our team um kind of seeing how we've evolved but we'd like to see how we stack up with them on the court so that's probably the team we'd most look forward to playing at nationals nice I, I hope that happens and I hope I'm in a position to watch and um, I was going to make the comment earlier about like how I, I wish I can play but then also spectate and just watch what I want to while they're at the venue because it's so much more exciting in person versus trying to watch through YouTube or trying to dig through live streams but uh, man if ever there was a good reason to go up against the team that's, that's a good one so I hope you get that and I, I hope I get to see it. Um, what about you, Eli? What uh, is there a match that you're most looking forward to for nationals, or a team that you want to play against the most? Um, personally, I would say Impact. Hmm. No particular reason. I think they're a well-rounded team, and of course, they just they won um, the East. Um, they've got some solid players on their team, so. That would be my own personal one. Um, I didn't get to go to nationals last year um, due to military duties, but um, so I didn't really get to get a good look at the teams from last year. Um, but seeing online is that's that's the one team that I saw that I would have wanted to play against. Gotcha. Yeah, I hear you on the whole military thing, man. I, I missed rounds one and two because of this. So, are you um you in the guard? Uh, reserves reserves former active duty though right correct nice man well, i'm sure you get this all the time but thank you for your service um probably cheesy but just want to say thank you wrecking balls are going to nationals right you guys are going yeah we're, we're going to nationals we're this is gonna be our second run there and uh if i was to ask my team if there's anybody in particular they would probably tell me they don't give an f because that's the typical attitude i get from them but uh you gotta love it uh me personally I, for whatever reason, I remember the game from Fortune. Is it Fortune? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a Seattle team called Fortune. Um, I just remember them kind of, like, beating us up pretty pretty badly. Um, it was, like, ugly. Like, I, I think they went in there, and, like, I told them, like, hey, this guy does this, this guy does this. And they are like, yeah, whatever. And they went out there, and they just, like... Um, they handed it to us pretty <laughs> pretty good. Huh. Uh, I mean, they're like a little dude with the hat just smacked Justin in the face, and he had no idea what had happened. Oh, yeah. I think one guy got like a triple hit on us. It, it was like a it was like an embarrassing game. So I wouldn't mind having an opportunity for us to go up against them again, just to have a better game. But other than that, I I know they don't particularly. They just want to play. <laughs> nice. Yeah, sometimes that's the best answer is it doesn't matter. We we just want to be there to, to compete. So I think Fortune snuck up on a lot of people when they first came into the league. Like because <laughs> you know, they're you know, a little unassuming, but they're all good players, you know, especially when you add Lucas into the mix. Um but I think when they first came on, people didn't take them as seriously as they should have and now now people are <laughs> realizing how good they actually are. Yeah, I don't know because they have a very like I really hope I'm not I don't sound the way I'm probably going to sound, but like they, they don't really have a very imposing look to them. They, they look really laid back and um, they're not though. I mean, I got hit in the face. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's why my team kind of likes them or I kind of like them. Me and my brother do just because they don't look like this agile super threat 
you know, the one guy comes in wearing, you know, big shorts and a, a ball cap. Another guy's kind of a larger guy. If you look at my team, there, especially from last season, there was like three of us over 270, 80 pounds. Uh, um, I mean, even this year, there's still like, I'm, two and run two eighty. There's a two sixty five, two sixty five. We're a bunch of big guys. You know, I think one of the guys on Riot came up to us and was like, you know, we're not playing football. And I'm just like no one expects anything from us or my brother or anything when someone can actually jump or get out of the way or anything like that. So it's always an uplifting thing when you get to surprise somebody. So there's some playing a team like that or a team that can take everybody, you know, to the the line is always awesome. So yeah, they're very um, they're they're a good bunch. I'm trying to remember the guy with the hats, the the the, the shorter guy, because um, that guy's quick. Uh, he's fast and he's 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 a weapon. I mean, they all are. But when I think of Fortune, I think of him and um, and Bill Fisher. Oh, and now now I think I'm not sure if he'll be fully fully healed by by Nationals, but if they've got Lucas in that mix, uh, they're going to be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Could be one of the teams I think fighting for for top five easily, but um, yeah. So as as we're gonna start kind of wrapping this up, I just wanted to go ahead and give the floor to you, Devin, to see if you had any um, any team or player shout outs. Uh, yeah, before we start uh, bringing this to a close. Ooh, I would definitely have to give a shout out to uh, Elijah Hashimoto. You know, uh, he really proves himself on the court. He proves why he uh, made Team USA last year. Uh, that kid is a beast, man. It's just. He's so springy. He's such a small target to hit, and he's got such a strong arm. I don't know what it was about this round, but round three, he was headhunting like crazy. He got me a couple times. I'm not even going to lie. So I just have to really give credit where credit is due right there. Nice. How about any uh, additional? Um. Hmm. it's kind of funny because it, it, it's like such a blur i'm sure i mean even from my perspective like even talking about dodgeball for as long as i have been when i play i'm like i don't remember anything that happened you know it's always like after it's, the fact it's like i don't like this is my first year so there's you know i only know the big names i know the outsiders i know wrecking balls and i know uh syndicate because you know there, there are certain players that have played on those teams that have also played in udc for everyone outside of top four, I can't like speak for because I like outside of dodgeball, I haven't had like a one-on-one conversation with them long enough to like remember their name. And I know that sounds kind of bad, but um, yeah, th- that's just one of those things that just kind of really like stood out to me. Gotcha. Yeah. He's one of those play. He's one of those players that stood out to me. It'll it'll definitely come in time, and you know, hopefully, we see more of Ascension um, going into next year, as I've been saying. And then um, I, I think it's awesome that you guys have made the transition from UDC. As I said earlier, it's it's a, it's always a tragedy when people stop playing. But um, before you uh, take off, I did want to ask you. So I don't know if you've been listening to previous episodes, but we do have the Team Taco versus Team Pizza question. So if you had to choose between one of the two, which which would be your best or your 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 preference? I'm going to have to go with uh, Team Pizza. Nice. Too easy. Pizza's the ne- best. You can never go wrong with pizza. Pepperoni pizza. Pizza's good at any time of the day. I agree. Any hour. Yeah, pizza's the best. Uh, die, Sean Anderson. You can eat it. But um, I will actually go to you, Eli, because I think I've got everybody else's answer. So if you had to choose uh, between the two, what, what's your favorite food and what would it be? I'm team pizza. Nice. It's uh, so I'm gonna be a little nerdy here, but like speedsters, the Flash, they gotta have a a really high metabolism, and pizza is one of those foods that you can eat on the go. Nice. What kind of tacos are you eating that you can't eat them on the go? <laughs> Not ones with pineapple on them. <laughs> First of all. No, <laughs> tell me you're not one of those pizza pineapple guys. I am. Oh my god. Well, whatever. We'll get that on Team Taco, man. Yeah, Dude, you can put pineapple <laughs> on like a carnitas taco, and it's good. You can. Yeah. You can. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna say I anything. Won't. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna take the pizza win. I'm gonna take the point for Team Pizza and just, just leave it at that. So, fair enough. Um, one thing I did want to add, and I'm not sure if this is just something that I'm gonna read, but um, if this is something that somebody might be able to speak to, but for the survey that I put out, um, somebody on Continuum uh, put uh, Yoshio Ortega or Yoshi. Um, I guess in the match, Judgment versus Ascension, Yoshi eliminated, eliminated about four players in the first of the best of three in round robin. Um, looks like beginning of the rush, caught a second player, and then hit a third player out with the same ball. Uh, almost looks like he did like a like a four kill. Um, anybody see that by any chance? Or I did not. No. No, I missed it. I didn't see it either. Well, the good thing about these surveys is this is exactly why we do that. So... Um, Thank you to whoever submitted this. Um, Yoshi Ortega. That's that's a name I've not heard yet. Um, is he like uh, Yoshi's a, been around for a while in uh, several different teams. He played with uh, Hitman last year. Um, nice. What was it? Um, Spitfire. Bullet, Spitfire. Um, There's a bullet something. Uh, he was originally on Balls Deep with uh, Curl and Spike and uh, Vanya and a few other people. Uh, Definitely, um, he's he's definitely a uh, one of those kind of like drops to his knees and can make a catch and kind of dives out for stuff like that. Okay, um, but he's been he's been in Dallas for playing dodgeball for probably as long as I have. So nice. Yeah, this is uh, this is exactly why I love this uh, this little survey because like we probably would have gone whole another series of podcasts without talking about him. But if he's a if he's a contender and he does cool stuff, then definitely want to hear about it. And the, the second one, ironically enough, because I think we're talking about potentially having Kim on here, but he put uh, Von Kelly for choking a 0-2 lead and showed on finals to Eli Hashimoto. Um, I'm not sure if you got anything to say about that, Von. Wait, Kim wrote that? Uh, yes. Oh, well, Kim was sitting on the sideline watching me in the showdown finals. So. Fair enough. I think he has much to say. <laughs> he wasn't there. He wasn't playing. doesn't have much to stand down there. But, no, uh, but really, it was it was actually really fun. Um, showdown final. I took two games off of Elisha. I I think part of it was I ran out of gas. Um, I played a semifinal match before that. Elisha didn't have one, so I took two. One of the you know, we each kind of hurt ourselves in that. There was one, my second win. Uh, he just missed a block, and then his first win, I missed a block. So just mistakes, you know, just blocking. Um, and then, uh, his second win, I was, he's so much faster than me. So I had to get my butt off the line to try and get to the middle ball. Um, with most guys, I can kind of just rely on one ball and my accuracy, but with him I figured I'd probably need two cause he's so hard to hit. But his second, his second win, I didn't get to the, to the middle ball fast enough. And I threw my ball too early. So then I, he was just sitting right on top of me. I was dead. <laughs> and then, uh, the third, the third game he won, he just put a perfect back foot shot on me, and it was just, it was a shot. But yeah, I went up 2-0 and ended up losing. But didn't he supposed to beat me at this point in his career? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one, uh, that's one way to look at it. I'll obviously score one for the for the older guys if you ever do get one up on them. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how he'll do. I mean, it's it's him, Cody, and. Um, um Matt Levine. Levine. yeah so that's that's gonna be fun to watch I'm, I'm really excited to see who wins west and again like i said i, I there's a lot of stuff i want to be able to spectate and, and appreciate and watch in nationals so uh, we'll, we'll see and then he also uh kim also goes out to say shout out to all the south teams and refs and open for getting to where they needed to be on time we finished open way ahead of schedule so that's i mean that that's obviously a, a big deal is just being able to run on time and not go not go super late and give all the organizers a uh uh, some relief there but um well cool guys i mean i think that's all i really really had um i definitely appreciate uh devin for coming on and, and you as well eli especially kind of last minute um definitely a tall ordered recording four sessions in one week within three days but uh i look forward to, to getting to know you guys more uh maybe in separate interviews vaughn joseph as always thank you so much for being so um consistent and reliable um you guys really helped me shape the the south and I'm looking forward to, to Austin that much more now. So uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and end the interview there.
Alright, so that was a recap of the Elite Dodgeball uh, South Region Round 3 Open Division tournament that took place on Saturday, June 29th. And huge thank you and shout out to Devin and Eli for hopping on kind of last minute. It was a great opportunity to get to hear different voices and also talk about dodgeball through different perspectives and different teams. So I definitely want to be able to do that more and more uh, as these recaps continue uh, into next year. And thank you so much, Vaughn and Joseph, for being uh, such staples of the South panels. It's it's awesome talking dodgeball. I, I really enjoy it. And I appreciate getting to know you guys more and more uh, as we progress through these elite seasons. Um, huge thank you to whomever showed or shared rather the uh, the story about Yoshi Ortega um, through the survey. Um, I know that there is no way we can cover every single awesome thing or talk about every single amazing player or play that happened during the recap. So the survey really helps do that. Um, that that little soundbite or that little bit would have gone completely unnoticed had it not been for that individual uh, utilizing that survey. So as I've said in the past, I'll definitely try to utilize that more and, and give the uh, the threads more of a heads up when when those are available. But um, if you're listening and you do have feedback or if you do want stuff to be mentioned, stuff or plays uh, mentioned or players, um, feel free to shoot me a message anytime. I'm more than happy to figure out how to make that or work that into the recap. Also, thank you so much, uh, Sergio Leone, for giving me your notes and giving us something to kind of base our conversation about for this round. And um, huge congratulations to Outsiders for taking first um, in the South. I'm really looking forward to I know I say this all the time. I'll say it again during the West recaps. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how Nationals goes down. So with that all being said, um, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next time.